Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Fat Jack, professional handicapper. Uh, we have him on each and every week, fatjacksports.com. That's where you can find him. Joins us now to dive into uh, a lot of March Madness as we are embarking on the final four on Saturday night. And then uh, and then let's touch on some Major League Baseball, uh, considering that, uh, you know, all the festivities start this week. So, uh, so Jack, welcome in. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I mean, we've got opening day in baseball. The final four is here. Um, I, I won Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday again. I mean, heading into the weekends, we built up profit each and every week. Things are going really, really well. And and now we've got another sport to deal with. So I'm excited about this weekend. I know everybody's bus brackets are busted, but there's still opportunities to make money in what is turning out. By the way, good seats still remaining in Houston. I mean, you've got four four schools, one of them private, and all of them with small enrollment. So if you want to go to Final Four, this is the time to head toward Houston for sure. But there's opportunities to make money here, and I think some really neat storylines as we head into this weekend. Absolutely. Uh, and and before we start diving into you know the uh, the the you know who's favored, the, the totals and whatnot, just looking at the bracket. I'm kind of beating myself up here because I did have UConn coming out of that West region, but in all the pools I played in Jack, I didn't pick them to win in one. And if I would have, I, I would have already won all four pools and I probably could have walked away with anywhere between 10 to $12,000 already. Like just, just the way, just the way, just the way that the tournament has, has, you know, unfolded. Those that have cho- those that have chosen UConn to win, few and far between, and had them going the furthest, as opposed to you know not very many people having the other three. So major- majority of pools have been decided already. Are you aware of that? Well, if you if you had picked any more than just you, first of all, if you picked UConn, I just said okay, you went to UConn. Your sister went to UConn. I know you're from South Florida. Maybe you went to Miami. I mean, or where are you hiding Biff from Back to the Future? I mean, let's get in the DeLorean and go back and get the book, bring it back, and let's just get all four right and quit beating around the bush. I mean, the reality is if you've got done anything right, you probably know any more than one right. You know very, very little about basketball and more about colors and parts of the country and favorite mascots because this is not a year that anybody that watches basketball, that certainly handicaps games and bets actual money on the games, is going to have come up with any more than one. And certainly even having one is a, is a lucky thing. And by the way, Connecticut's not done yet. I mean, this is not a team that is that was 35 and three. This team started out the year really hot, went through a swoon. They were two and nine against the spread the middle of December and into the first part of January. If I'd have told you at that point, hey, bet UConn and nothing else, you would have put me away and throw, you know, you lock me up, throwing away the key. I mean, it didn't seem like they were that team. Now they are the definition of a team that has gotten hot. Them and Miami both a team that has gotten hot at exactly the right time. And then had a lot of other things fall their way to put them in in an opportunity to win. And certainly the favorite going into this weekend. Absolutely. All right. So let's break it down. The first game, San Diego state, um, you know, and they're going up against FAU. A lot of people pulling for FAU. They are still the, I'd say, even more so than University of Miami, the Cinderella story, uh, even though they've won so many games this season. San Diego State is favored by two. Uh, I'm trying to, I want to, I want to see what the over under is right now as we, uh, as we're sitting here. So I'm sorry. So the line now has gone up to three. I'm sure you could get it at two, two and a half in some places. Uh, the over under is 131 and a half. 
how are you playing this? Yeah, if you're betting San Diego State, you're just betting against FAU because you don't know anything about FAU. FAU is the one team that's left, Anita, that we don't know how good they are. We, we don't know. And so if you're, if you're arrogant enough to tell me that you know how good FAU is, I'm going to know that you're nothing more than just arrogant because this is the big X factor in this tournament. This team won 35 games this year. Now, yeah, they had never won a tournament game coming into the season, but it's that old adage, you only beat who's been put in front of you. And what we know about this FAU team is that they don't care who they play. They are the honey badger. They do not care. They go out and beat everybody. They've overcome adversity in the tournament. And so we don't know how good they are. Are they the best team in the cup? Maybe. We're going to find out this weekend because they're the team still playing that if you look at what they've done and you look at who they played, they we don't know how good they are. Now, maybe they're not as good as the names on the front of the jersey, what Connecticut brings to Miami and to San Diego State to a point. Although I will tell you, the Mountain West had done nothing in the tournament before this year, 3-14 and 14 against the spread. They've not had anybody in the Final Four before. So recency bias is going to dictate that you would go to, to uh, San Diego State. The best play, in my opinion, is on the under for sure. San Diego mm-hmm. State holding opponents to 18% from the beyond the three-point line in the tournament. They're incredibly deep. They're balanced. They are very veteran. Eight at seven of their eight in the rotation are seniors. This is a the old school, t- you know, no transfer portal. They have one kid that's valuable through that transfer portal, but they've done it old school. They build up talent. They they develop kids, and now they're ready for the payoff. But I like FAU because I don't know how good they are. I know they're a lot better than everybody they played, and I know they've only lost three games this year, and they are the big X factor, and all the pressure like it's been on every opponent FAU has had literally since they set on the bus to head toward the the, uh, round of 64 is on San Diego State. Give me FAU and under in this one. Yeah, you know, listen, I'm not going to sit here and and, and pretend like I know what this FAU team is is about. The first time I ever saw them play, Jack, was obviously – uh, in this tournament. Uh, and and full disclosure, and I tell people this all the time, full transparency, I don't really watch any, co- I don't have time. There's only so many hours in the day and I'm a football gal. So, um, you know, I, I don't really watch a lot of college basketball in, until until really we get close to, to the tournament championships and, and closer to uh, to March Madness after after the Super Bowl. Uh, but with that being said, what I am really impressed with, and, I, and I'm with you in regard to the under here at 131 and a half, is a San Diego State defense. Uh, top five in, in college basketball. Teams were only averaging 56 points per game, if not less, on the season. In this tournament, it's 65 points or less. Here's what's really fascinating. They held both combined, Alabama and Creighton, Jack, to only three three-pointers. Creighton was two of 17, 11%. Uh, so their defense is just so good. So I, I'm with you. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think the play here is the under. But a part of me and just how good their defense is. Here's another thing. You know, Alabama's defense, third best in regard to defensive efficiency, Creighton 14. FAU is 20th. So now they're going up against a defense that not as great as Alabama, not as 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 great as as, as Creighton, but they were still able to put up enough points to, to, to win. So I don't have true conviction here in regard to who's going to win this matchup, but I'm with you. I, I do believe the play is the under. Yeah, Ken Levick is their play-by-play guy right now. I know a lot about FAU. I, I spent a lot of time in Boca. We talked about I'm, I'm on my, my yacht down here right now in Florida, and I've kept a boat in that part of the country for years. I've done radio with the the play-by-play station for FAU for probably 15 years. A guy named Evan Cohen, who's on Sirius, lives in your neck of the woods now, 
uh, who's a national guy, was serious. He used to be their play-by-play guy. A lot of those guys were cutting their teeth with this university when they barely had a team. I'm not saying that I, I know uh, enough to know how good they are. I just know enough to keep my ego at check and say, okay, the name on the front of the jersey is not what has gotten FAU here. So just because they're a small underdog to San Diego State doesn't mean they're not better than them because there have been very few teams that have proven that they're better than FAU when it counts. So I think the most interesting game is that one to watch. Uh, from a, from a spectator standpoint, even though most people would know nothing about most either of those teams. I'm with you. Later on in the evening, uh, around 8.50 is tip-off, is the U, baby, the University of Miami, uh, going up against UConn. UConn favored by five and a half. The over-under is 149. This UConn team, Jack, has been steamrolling people. They've won by a total of 24 points, 15 points, 23 points, 28 points. Nothing close in regard to their opponents. Do you feel that changes uh, – against the University of Miami? I, I think it definitely could. I mean, we they're the one team that has all of the pressure at this point. You know, they take this break. Everybody resets when they go into the Final Four. And they, they are the prohibited favorite. And I think we don't know how their players will handle that or won't handle that. What we do know is that UConn was the fourth best team in the Big East, didn't win the conference tournament, I mean, th- this team has not been great all year. They were really good to start the year, really good late in the season. But in the middle, they played like a team that can lose and and not cover. Um, the, both these teams, as I said, quintessential hot at the right time teams. Everything is falling right. Um, I, I think both these teams are dangerous, but I think either one that gets down, we've seen this throughout the tournament, teams that get down, they either, it's fight or flight. They either know how to come back, and we saw this as a San Diego State a couple of times. FAU certainly has been down, and Miami even has been down a couple of times. But we have not seen this UConn team battle back from adversity with this bright of a light. I think they're the better team here. I lean toward UConn in the game. The better play, I think, again on the under. When you get bright lights and you get pressure, it typically leads to less offense. I'd also play under in the first half. Both these games are going to trend toward the over between now and tip-off, and they're also going to trend toward the favorite. So if you like the favorite, bet it now. You like the underdog, you need to wait. Same thing with the total. Over, you need to bet it now. Under, wait. I'm going to wait, play under the 149. I think it gets to 151 or so by the time tip-off comes. A few other things. Uh, I'm, I think UConn is going to win this whole thing. So I, I put money down on Sonogo to win the MVP uh, with uh, with um, Noel out and uh, and Timmy out. I, I, I think he's the lock and favorite to win it, of course, if you believe that UConn's going to win. Also, I like Hawkins over 16 and a half points here because I, I, I do believe Omir and, and I think they're really going to focus in on Sonogo there in the paint and they're going to need a lot of help with him uh, to contain him or, or defend him where I think it's going to open up things for Hawkins. So I've got Hawkins over 16 and a half points. Uh, one, one last question before we start talking to Major League Baseball futures before I let you go, and that is this is going to be played at NRG Stadium. And a lot of times what we see is uh, when these these guys go from a basketball arena to a NFL field, the depth perception plays with them a little bit. Any concern there um, for uh, for FAU or Miami, considering you know a lot of their points is has has been because of their backcourt and their shooting. Yeah, again, we need to get back on the DeLorean and go back in time if we know exactly who's going to be <laughs> affected by the change. Exactly, there will be somebody. 
Believe right. me, and it may just be maybe three or four minutes of the game. It might be a half or it might be the entire game. That's why, you know, my first play with both these are under. And we we talk about the change in venue this time of year every single year. Sometimes it ends up mattering, sometimes not. Uh, more times than not, you'll have one team that for part of the game will 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 uh, go through those problems, but they'll typically adjust or adjust the way that they attack the basket. So I don't put a lot of stake in that because I think you could drive yourself crazy trying to figure out who is going to ace or succumb to pressure this time of year and who's going to have a tr- have more trouble adjusting to shooting in this type of venue. It's going to be so fun. I can't wait uh, for Saturday night. Uh, UConn, by the way, to win the whole damn thing, minus 125, San Diego State, 4-1, to one. Uh, University of Miami, plus 450, and FAU, plus 650, just to give you an idea of what the futures bets are out there. Um, uh, before we let you go, Major League Baseball, um, opening day kicked off this week, obviously. Uh, a lot of Cy Young winners and potential Cy Young winners heading into this season. Uh, strutting their stuff this week as well. Uh, with that being said, uh, let's, you know, what what are what are some of the, the like, for example, um, I love the Arizona Diamondbacks this year. Their over-under total is 76 and a half. They won 74 games last season. I think they're, they're head and shoulders even better than they were last year. That's my, that's my favorite futures bet. Over 76 and a half wins for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Do you have a favorite Major League Baseball futures bet out there that you've already gone to the window for? Yeah, I would tell you that, first of all, I, I said for 20 years, if Pete Rose couldn't make money betting on baseball, the most of the general public is going to have a really tough time making money betting on baseball. And I, I I believe that to a point, but I will tell you, I've got a couple of guys that work for me that are very, very accomplished gamblers, and they've been able to scratch out a way to make money doing this. I would tell you, when you're looking at season futures, you know, 12 of the 13 top NCAA basketball uh, futures tickets are all gone. It's very difficult to hit 29 of the last 32 World Series winners were at 3,000 plus 3,000 or better odds entering the regular season. 29-32. So if you're telling me Houston, Atlanta, the Dodgers, Yankees are going to win it, you are swimming upstream. It's very difficult to go that way. What you're doing is exactly the way I would approach it. I do like the Dodgers over. I like. I think that they are the, the. They're so deep in their rotation, so deep in their lineup. I go over the ninety up to 96, 96 and a half with them. Uh, along those same lines, under with the Rockies, under with San Francisco. I like under with the Wash with the White Sox as well. They've made some changes to the rosters. A lot of expectations there. So I do think there's some win totals. If you're looking for a season long sweat, you can go. But I would advise people not to jump on, especially for how long it takes to pay off those bets. Any of those who's going to win the World Series, especially if they're lower odds because i said 29 to 32 world series winners have been plus 3000 or better so um that that's that's the start by the way i looks like i may sweep the board on thursday with our with our stuff i've got uh, three really really easy winners to get the season kicked off that are that are in in the middle are already finished right now including the yankees up there yankees fans off to a good start they won five to nothing so good time to bet the bases opening day is a win for everybody especially if you're in the northern part of the country because spring is here anita I know. Can you believe it? Um, I also I like I like the Blue Jays coming out of the American League East, and uh, and and I think the Padres are going to give the uh, the Dodgers a run for their money this year in the National League West. 
Yeah, I, I have I, you know the only one that I bet long term to win this were the were the Blue Jays. I do think Toronto mm-hmm. and, and they were fifteen to one. I, by the way, I go I go into this long thing about don't do it, but I'm like every other degenerate out there. I want to see the long sweat <laughs> with somebody, right? So, so I look toward the middle a little bit. I do have uh, Toronto going uh, winning the World Series, but literally the smallest bet I'll make all year long was on that on that team. Yeah, it's really interesting oh, what they did, how they they reconfigured, they signed a bunch of big left batters, lefty hitters, and they reconfigured their 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 field. They brought their field in. So, uh, you know, not only did they bolster their lineup um, to help them, of course, offensively, but also uh, they they brought their their field in. So it's really going to be interesting. I, I think I think the Blue Jays are going to crush it this year. No pun intended. Um, you rock as always. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us here on ESPN, Jack. Good, good luck and, and enjoy yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Have a great weekend. It's a great one. So I'll see you soon. You got it again. Uh, Fat Jack, fatjacksports.com. That's where you can find him. Still more to come. You're listening to bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is bet LA with Anita Marks right now. Let's get back to bet LA and back to Anita Marks. All right, we got you locked and loaded, ready for March Madness, that's for sure. Uh, let's switch our attention to what's going on in the NFL, right? Uh, there's, I, I know, you know, we've got Major League Baseball opening day, opening night tonight uh, as well. Uh, March Madness, uh, Final Four this Saturday. Uh, we're going to get into some XFL, NBA action, uh, which, by the way, the Pelicans going up against Denver tonight. Uh, you've got the Lakers and uh, the Clippers, they're playing tomorrow. Um, so, uh, you know, there's still a lot of news in around the NFL and what's going on and, and probably none more evident uh, than what's happening with the Baltimore Ravens. Well, yeah, there's Aaron Rodgers. Will he end up in New York with the Jets? Yes, I believe so. Reports are there that are out there that the, the Green Bay Packers now have kind of, uh, fallen back on the, um, them wanting the, the number one overall pick. Jamison Hinsley covers the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he's got an update in regard to just where this situation sits right now with Lamar Jackson. There's a good chance Lamar Jackson will not be the starting quarterback of the Ravens next year. Let's listen in. Anita, here at the Ravens, it looks like Lamar Jackson has a decision to make. Does he play under the franchise tag with the Ravens, or does he sit out the entire 2023 season? Jackson announced this week that he requested a trade from the Ravens. And Baltimore placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on Jackson back on March 7th. That means for over three weeks, Jackson has been able to talk to other teams. But there's been no indication that he's been close to signing an offer sheet with any of them. Now, the next key date to remember is July 17th. That is the deadline for Jackson to sign a multi-year offer sheet with another team. If he fails to do so, Jackson has two choices. He can play under the franchise tag for $32 million, or he can become the first player since Le'Veon Bell in 2018 to sit out an entire season. I asked Ravens coach John Harbaugh this week if he expects Lamar Jackson to play under the franchise tag. Harbaugh's response, I don't know. Again, Jamison Hinsley, who does a phenomenal job covering the Baltimore Ravens, not sure what's going to happen here, you know, and and I, we all like to put blame on something or someone. 
at the end of the day, this is the Cleveland Browns offering Deshaun Watson the ridiculous contract that they did. His cap hit $55 million each year for the next three or four years. There's just, you can't win like that. And as, as much as I believe that the Baltimore Ravens don't want to lose Lamar Jackson, they're not going to sacrifice their future and potentially winning and being competitive in the AFC North because Lamar Jackson wants the deal, if not better, than what Deshaun Watson got. But you just got to be aware that the reason Deshaun Watson got that contract is because the ownership for the Balt- for, for the Cleveland Browns are just dumb. The Haslam family, like it's just it's a dumb contract that they offered Deshaun Watson. And so it's unrealistic for Deshaun Watson to be like, all right, well, for Lamar Jackson to be like, well, Deshaun Watson got that. So that's what I want. It's just unrealistic. So how is this all going to play out? It, it's really going to be interesting. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at this point in the game. Now there, there's some talk in out there that the Baltimore Ravens were trying to go after Baker Mayfield prior to him agreeing to go play for the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Baltimore Ravens traded Lamar Jackson uh, before or during the draft, if they feel that uh, their two sides can't come to an agreement, Lamar Jackson is being represented by family. It's tough. You know, he doesn't have like a quote-unquote legit agent who's repping him. So uh, that's an issue there as well. So we'll see how it all unfolds. Needless to say, this is a gambling show. How am I playing this? Give me the Cincinnati Bengals seven days a week and twice on Sunday. I love Cincinnati. You can get them right now to win the AFC North at plus money. I want to say it's like at plus 130 or plus 125. I love Cincinnati with or without Lamar Jackson with the Baltimore Ravens. I I, I like Cincinnati so much. I'm putting some money down that they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. That's how much I love the uh, Cincinnati Bengals heading into uh, next year's NFL season. Uh, before we take a break, because we're, we are going to switch gears again and talk some XFL with you. Um, but before we do, uh, the, the Dodgers are up now against the Arizona Diamondbacks, three to two. So that total is five. If you recall, when we opened up the show. Uh, we had Jorge Castillo who joined us on the program. Him and I were both on the under just because cold weather conditions there in Los Angeles. First game out, night, you know, uh, night game. Um, Urias, his, his first, uh, career opening night start, I'm sure a little jitters. Uh, where is he at right now? Five innings. He's given up three hits, two runs, four strikeouts. Uh, Zach Gallen, five hits, three runs, uh, six strikeouts. But again, the Dodgers are up on the Diamondbacks three to bottom of the fifth. So we'll keep you posted there. Um, when we get back, Tom Luganbill is going to join me. Let's talk some XFL. We went 4-0 last week. So let's pick up where we left off. Also, we'll hear from Stormy Bonantani as well. So a lot of XFL talk coming your way in the next 30 minutes. So buckle up. We'll feed you some more winners here on 710 ESPN LA. LA with Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. It is time to get you ready for the XFL. We went 4 0 last week. That's right. We are just, we are giving away money here on Bet LA. 
Um, earlier this week, uh, Tom Luganbill, part of our ESPN broadcast team, was on the Monday night game, calling the Monday night game last week. Uh, joined me on my bet program to do a deep dive and a little preview in regard to week seven. Let's listen in. Tom Luganbill joining us now. You saw him on the big Monday night stage. It was great stuff. Uh, Tom, before we start diving into this week's slate of games, week seven, DC just looks so good. They are now, and they were heading into week six, number one in my power rankings. Agree or disagree? Like, DC just has really got, they're checking all the boxes now as we get closer to the postseason, right? Yeah, they really are, and I would completely agree with that. And let's not overcomplicate it. The bottom line is, they don't beat themselves. They they had three penalties the other night. Houston had 12, right? They don't turn the ball over. They're like plus five or six in turnover margin right now. They play well in the kicking game, and they're so difficult to defend uh, when they are on offense because they're like a college team. You have to defend all 11 players in the run game because they'll run zone read, quarterback draw, quarterback counter, quarterback power. So they're unique to the other teams in the rest of the league and they don't beat themselves. All right, so let's dive into week seven. Let's start with Friday. You got Seattle going up against Arlington. Arlington has struggled offensively, like only once this season if they put up 20 points, uh, which is nothing obviously to write home about. Seattle on the opposite side, they won four games. So they're coming in right hot. They're looking good. Uh, They are a road favorite at minus four and a half. The over under is 37 and a half. Bill, Tom, how are you playing this? This is my most difficult one to handicap of the weekend. And listen, I I like Seattle here. I do uh, as as the favorite. And but I'm going to go with the under. And you may say, well, that's kind of odd. Well, to your point with Arlington, they've only been able to score over 20 points one time. And the issue with Seattle, although they've won four games in a row, they're minus 10, minus 10 in turnover margin. So they are a statistical anomaly. If I felt confident that they could consistently protect the ball, I'd take the over here. But I think they'll find ways to give the ball to Arlington and lose out on points. Now, they've been able to compensate with points in the kicking game and points on defense, but I don't trust that just yet until they prove it. So I'm going to go with Seattle. I'm going to go with the under here. Yeah, I am with you on Seattle. Like I said, they've won four straight, and a lot of it, Tom, as we know, has been because of special teams, right? McKnight put up yeah. over 200 return yards. They're blocking punts left and right, um, and their playoff hopes are still alive. So I think there's going to be a sense of urgency there on the Seattle side. As for Arlington, um, you know, losing to San Antonio, they did not look good. Uh, defense is solid. Offense is horrible, and I don't see anybody coming to the rescue right now, and I think that they've got some big question marks in regard to their offensive coordinator that Bob Stoops, I think, needs to address. Not sure if he's going to address at, uh, at during the season. Uh, let's look at San Antonio. What's going on? San Antonio in Vegas. The last time these two teams matched up, possibly, should we call it a snooze fest? 12 to 10. Not a lot of offensive production, production there. Uh, Vegas is favored here at three and a half. The over-under is 37 and a half. One would look at that last game and say, oh, you got to play the under here. Which way are you rolling? Well, I don't agree with Vegas that Vegas should be the favorite. I would actually take San Antonio here. And it's not as if Vegas has home field advantages like D.C. and St. Louis do when they play at home. So not exactly a hostile environment. And here's the interesting thing. San Antonio has been plagued by more injuries than any other team in the league, particularly on offense. They're going on their fourth quarterback. 
So it's not as if they've necessarily been sloppy, as if they've had been heavily penalized. I think they're only minus one in turnover margin on the season. But they signed Kirk Benkert last week on a Thursday, and he comes in and plays and gets them the win last weekend. So I think with an extra week under his belt, they're going to be better on offense than they've been before. And then you've got Vegas, who trades away Luis Perez, all right, who at times had shown some bright moments for the Vegas offense. I just think San Antonio's the better team here. I'm going San Antonio, and I do agree with the under. Yeah, um, lockstep with you. I'm with San Antonio here as well. They beat the Renegades last week. Good defense. Yes, they struggle offensively, but Vegas, they're 1-5. What did Bill Parcells always say? Tom, your record, you are who your record indicates you are, and I believe that is Vegas. Yep. And let's be honest, I'm sure you've been to that field. It's far from home field advantage. So uh, I'm with you. I do like San Antonio. Uh, let's get straight to the Sunday night game. This is going to be a good one, arguably maybe the best one on the slate, and that's St. Louis going against Houston. Both teams sitting at 4-2, and two, playoff hopes alive, obviously, for both of them. Uh, Houston is a three-point favorite at home. The over-under is 43-and-a-half. So do we expect some points in this matchup? I think we are expecting some points, but maybe not early from Houston. If you've paid attention to Houston the last two weeks, remember they came out of the gate like gangbusters and were just ripping through people offensively. They have really struggled since they lost John Trey Kirkland, their star receiver on the road against Seattle two weeks ago, and they haven't been able to, to create the explosive plays that they had been routinely getting in the first four weeks of the season. However, the reason why I like the over here is they find ways to score late. And I think right now, St. Louis is playing good enough football to go on the road and not only score points, but to win this game. So I'm going with St. Louis, and I'm also taking the over, not just because I think St. Louis can score, I do, but I think Houston could get back on track enough, particularly in the second half, to score to hit the over. This is gonna be very, very intriguing because Houston has not been themselves on offense. And if they can get back on track, and maybe it's this week at home, this thing could turn into a track meet, but I like St. Louis. Yeah, listen, uh, we're, we're locked up with all, all of our picks here. Tom, I'm with you. I like St. <laughs> Louis as well, right? They beat Las Vegas really in a dominant fashion, 29 to six, good defense, AJ yep. McCarron. If you recall, had you on my radio show quite a few times this season, I said A.J. McCarron to win the MVP, 236 yards and three touchdowns last week. Their offensive line is finally healthy. And for Houston, coming off of a loss to D.C., they've lost two straight. They're dealing with some injuries, and they've got some questions at the quarterback position. So I'm with you. I do like St. Louis as well. Tom, thank you so much for spending some time with us this afternoon. Really do appreciate it. Uh, keep, keep doing such a phenomenal job with the ESPN broadcast on the XFL. Thank you. I'll do my best. Thanks for having me. All right. I want to thank Tom, obviously, for joining me on that bet program. Uh, when we get back, Stormy Bonantani is going to join us. We're going to continue to talk about the XFL. Uh, she's got her finger, not that Tom doesn't, but Stormy's got her finger on the pulse of all these teams uh, as well. She is down there in the thick of it on the sideline. And so uh, really excited to get Stormy on with us next. Um, stay tuned. Okay. More XFL picks and plays for you right here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. 
Welcome back into Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. It is about that time we bring you our winners for the XFL. Stormy Bunatani is joining us now. She does each and every week. She's part of the ESPN broadcast team. Each and every week, she's at a different XFL location, and she was front and center. Stormy, what was that like? Monday Night Football XFL on ESPN. You crushed it. You were fantastic on the broadcast. What was that like doing a Monday night game on ESPN last week? (laughs) Well, thank you. It was a ton of fun. And yeah, it really like, it was really cool in our preparation for the game. We kept on saying like XFL on Monday night, Uh, Monday night football's back. And so it was super fun. And it was one of those games where going into it, very curious how DC and Houston were going to match up as two of the top teams in the XFL and DC just established dominance at home and have really kind of separated themselves atop the standings as the number one team in the league, six and zero straight up and against the spread. They're a covering machine, Anita. Um, but it was really, really fun to be out there. The beer snake was flowing And um, I think I have one more game at D.C. on my schedule still these last few weeks of the season. So excited to get out there one more time. Fun, fun. By the way, I toot my horn when it's necessary and it's necessary. I went 4-0 this week um, in in the XFL. Uh, Thanks to you, of course. Um, So let's dive into it. We're heading into week seven. And uh, and I just want to call up. (laughs) So funny. I'm I'm. You know, I'm I'm watching my uh, my DFS lineups for golf um, out at the uh, the Valero Open. So um, so I <laughs> multitasking. Me, I'm multitasking here uh, as I'm hosting the show. All right. So uh, so we start off on Friday night, seven o'clock. Sea Dragons going up against the Arlington Renegades. Sea Dragons road favorite, favored by five. The over-under is 37 and a half. Um, I'm leaning towards Seattle here, Stormy. They've won four straight, and a big reason why is their special teams, probably the best special teams, I'd say, out of all eight teams um, or 16 teams uh, in, in the XFL. Curious to get your thoughts here. Uh, what? How do you think this game is going to play out? Yeah, when I first looked at the opening lines for this week and, you know, before you kind of get into your research, you just at first blush, which numbers stand out to me. And instantly I was like, oh, Seattle. And so I laid four earlier this week with the Sea Dragons. I really, really like the easiest travel of their lives, right? Because Arlington, everybody's hubbed there anyways. So so no travel. It's a road game, but it's not really. Um, Arlington has three wins this season, Anita. And none of them have been particularly impressive. They're by a combined five points. Um, and their offense specifically has been really, really bad. Um, the Arlington rushing attack dead last in the XFL. The passing game next to last worse. And both Kyle Sloter and Drew Plitt have really struggled regardless of who they've had in at quarterback. Um, Bob Stoops actually traded for Vegas quarterback Luis Perez this week. He's he's not the starter on their depth chart right now. Plitt is with Kevin Anderson activated as his backup. But I mean, clearly like a need for change was felt there because they have not been able to move the football efficiently. And I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with 
the Seattle offense and go blow for blow with, you know, June Jones and what he wants to do on that side of the ball. Seattle's also had a bit of a tougher schedule and they're on this win streak that you mentioned. They've been solid on special teams, solid on both sides of the ball. I think the only way we lose this Anita is if Ben DiNucci gets confused and thinks he's Oprah and he says, you get a football, you get a football, you get a football and turns it over too many times because um, we know that he can be turnover prone, but I really, really like Seattle in this spot. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to lay the four and a half, uh, or, or now it's up to five. It was at four and a half earlier this week when we were talking about it on Daily Wager. Uh, any play here in regard to the over-under uh, at, at 37 and a half? Uh, you know. Not particularly. I'm staying away from the total on this game. Um, Seattle, we know, can't, like, I think that it, it could play more toward an under, but the number is so low that I just rather stay away from it. That I, I don't know. I went back and forth on it and I figured sometimes the best bet is no bet at all. Got you. Uh, game number two, we go to Saturday. One o'clock is tip off Eastern time. Uh, the Brahmas in Las Vegas going up against the Vipers. I know this is the game that you are going to be a part of the broadcast team for ESPN. So I know you can't make a play here, but I can. And, uh, and, and I like, I like San, I, I like San Antonio. I like the Brahmas here. I think the wrong team is favored. So give me the Brahmas at three. I know this has been fluctuating at three, three and a half. Uh, they beat the Renegades. They've got a good defense. I know they struggle offensively, uh, but this Vegas team, they're one in five, you know, as Bill Parcells always said, your record is who you, it says you are. And yeah. they're one in five. And you and I have been talking about how this Vegas team, they have really no home field advantage here, and uh, which is 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 a really big bummer. Um, but nonetheless, um, I guess my question to you is, how do you think this game plays out? Yeah, and I live here in Vegas, so I'm excited to have a home game. I've been on the East Coast, I feel like, every single week in D.C. or Orlando or somewhere. And so uh, excited to have a, a game in my own backyard, even if there's not a ton of fanfare on site. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... I'm, I think that it's going to trend to a lower scoring game. Um, so the under 30 and a half might be worth a look. Um, this is an interesting spot because Vegas, like I said, they just shipped off Luis Perez to Arlington. And what surprised me at quarterback for Vegas was instead of giving the reins back to Brett Hundley, they're actually rolling with Jalen McClendon, who's listed as a starter on the depth chart this week. Who, I mean, he was a backup in college at NC State and Baylor. So um, I'm not sure how efficient offensively they're going to be. And we know how dreadful defensively the Vipers have been to this point. It's been rough. Um, they grayed out on, on pro football focus as the league's worst defense. The reason why the under, I think, is intriguing and just general low scoring, even despite that, is because San Antonio is really solid defensively. They're allowing the fewest points per game in the league with 14.7. Jim Herman, their DC, really has that group dialed in. They lead the league in tackles for loss, third most sacks in the league, interceptions now in five straight games. And offensively, they too really, really struggle. Bottom two in the league in passing, bottom two in the league in rushing. They're tied with Arlington for the fewest total touchdowns. And they're very injury riddled as well offensively. Last week, they saw both of their quarterbacks go down. So no Jack Cohn or Reed Sinnott. Um, they had a quarterback in Kurt Benkert who stepped up after just like two days of being around everybody, um, ends up playing a significant portion of the game. They lost their starting run back, running back in Kalen Balazs as well to a torn Achilles. He's done for the year. 
um, and have two starting offensive linemen that are dealing with injuries. So both of these teams just have a lot of issues right now, um, which I don't think leads to a very high scoring game. Um, I hear you. I'm leaning towards the under there as well. Uh, on Saturday, we've got a Saturday evening game. And that is the D.C. Defenders going against the Orlando Guardians, giving up 10. How about that? A road favorite by 10 points. a lot of points. Is this our first uh, double-digit favorite of the season? I think it is. I think I think it is. And, and listen, it was it was nine and a half the other night when I was on Daily Wager. So, you know, obviously it's, it's heading up there. 45 and a half is the over-under. We talked about it a little bit earlier. The D.C. Defenders, they're hands down number one in my power rankings. I know they are in yours as well. Arguably the most balanced team uh, in the XFL. I just, here's the thing. I mean, listen, I know Orlando's 0-6, but man, do they fight hard, right? I mean, they gave the Seattle Sea Dragons, um, they gave the Sea Dragons a run for their money. 26 to 19 last week. Uh, they've been competitive in their last two, the last two, two weeks. Um, they've got a new quarterback, which, you know, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about, I just think this is too many points. So I'm, I'm leaning towards uh, the guardians in getting the 10, uh, but I, I don't, I don't have a lot of conviction here. What, wh- how would you, how would you recommend folks play this one, Stormy? Yeah, um, I, I understand where you're coming from. Definitely with Orlando, they've been scrappy. Um, the thing that concerns me a little bit with them is just that now that they're mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. Yes, these guys are still playing for for jobs, right? An opportunity. And that's a big part of what the XFL is about is getting noticed. Um, but it's, it's hard when you're losing week in and week out to still stay particularly motivated. But I, I do like what they've been able to do offensively. And, and Quentin Dormady has really turned it up a notch with what they've been able to do. And to your point about how many points this is, Favorites of seven points or more so far this XFL season are just one in three against the spread. So those bigger numbers have been covered by the underdogs. Um, Orlando in that role a couple of times, um, which we have been fortunate to cash in on. Um, DC, I think that maybe the way I would play this, and I think I'm going to, is with the total. And I know it's a high total, um, the highest of the week at 45 and a half. But... Orlando allows more points than anybody in the league, 29.7 points per game. Um, You think about that game they had with San Antonio, who I mentioned earlier is the second worst scoring offense in the league. San Antonio put up 30 on Orlando. Um, when, When Houston played the Guardians in Orlando, that total in the game was 37 and a half, and Houston went over the total themselves with 44 points. DC, on the flip side of that, is the highest scoring offense in the league. Um, And so... I think that it could be a recipe for, you know, Orlando to get their points a little bit and DC to kind of run away with the scoring. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I feel super comfortable with the point spread on either side, but I do feel fairly confident that DC is going to score. So maybe the over 45 and a half is how you play it. Like I'm even looking at that game against Houston last week where Houston has been thought of as a pretty good defense and they just lit them up for 37 points. Um, and, and that was without Derek King even needing to do anything. Jordan Tamu handled all of the duties passing 245 yards, I believe. Um, Abram Smith on the ground with a near 100-yard game again. Their run game has just gashed everybody. 
Um, and I don't think this game will be any different. So um, I'm, I'm just rooting for points at this point, I think. We'll be, we'll be interesting to see what happens again. I just, you know, I've got a lot of respect for Orlando because they fight so hard. It's just yeah. unfortunate. No, I they're 0-6. Sure. Uh, last but not least, Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock Eastern, the St. Louis Battle Hawks go to Houston, taking on the Roughnecks. Lost to D.C. last week, lost two straight. They've got some injuries, some quarter, some quarterback questions uh, in pertaining to their quarterback. Meanwhile, St. Louis, they beat uh, Las Vegas last week 29-6. to And A.J. McCarron, you and I have been talking about him all season long. I told you when the season started, I'd put some money down for him to win the MVP. 236 yards and two touchdowns last week. Their offensive line is finally healthy. I like St. Louis here. Give me the road dog. I'll take St. Louis plus three. What say you? Yeah, um, save the best for last, right? This looks to be the game of the weekend in my mind. Um, And probably a good measuring stick for where both teams are truly at right now. Um, I do think this is kind of a coin flip game. So when I feel like a game could go either way, why not take the points? So I do lean St. Louis in this spot as well. Um, Houston made it look easy the first four weeks of the season. And now we know, um, a big part of that while yes, they were very productive is like, they were also not playing great teams. They beat the heck out of Orlando twice. Right. Um, and I think the last two weeks, they've really been brought down to earth. Like they don't have a single win in those, those four wins against a team that's over 500. Um, so now they've played two good teams in Seattle and DC and they're like, okay, we got to figure some stuff out. Last week in DC, they were snake bitten by penalties. They were visibly frustrated. The offense was virtually non-existent for more than 30 minutes of that game. And you talk about the quarterback part, Brandon Silvers got taken out and Cole McDonald finished the game. Um, And he actually got some of the explosive plays back. That was kind of their big brand of football at the beginning of the season. They were known for these chunk plays of 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards. And then that had gone away largely the last two weeks with Brandon Silvers and Cole McDonald was able to bring that back in. So curious to see what they're going to ultimately do there for the game plan. But Battle Hawks, you said it, coming off a good confidence building win against Vegas. They looked dominating. AJ McCarron looked awesome. Um, And I definitely think they can keep it close if not win this game. Um, so you and I are lockstep there uh, real quick before I let you go, you could jump on the DC defenders to win the XFL championship at plus plus one twenty. I don't know how much longer this is going to be at plus money. So as I always like to say, run, don't walk it's in that window. Um, this is where my money would be flowing. I'm, I would assume yours as well. Stormy. Yeah. Get the plus money while you can. I do have a little sprinkle on, uh, the Seattle sea dragons as well at 10 to one. And then again at six to one. So I would not be too mad if they were able to, um, win that playoff game. (laughs) Um, but if it, but I think DC is the best team in the league and you're going to be hard pressed to beat them. But if somebody could, I would think it would be Seattle. Stormy Bonantani joining us here on Bet LA, um, breaking it down, of course, uh, all things XFL. Stormy, you rock. Always appreciate your time when you join us. Uh, and, and we keep on, let's keep on feeding our listeners some winners. So always appreciate you. And of course, uh, enjoy the final four. Enjoy this weekend, week seven of the XFL. Yeah, thank you so much. Go cash those tickets. And I am a San Diego State alum, so go Aztecs, baby.
there you go. I do like them uh, beating FAU. We'll see what happens. Just, I just, I'm a believer defense wins championships, and I think they have the best uh, defensive uh, game in college basketball. We'll see what happens. So uh, this about concludes our show tonight. I want to thank uh, Tom Luganbill. Uh, for joining us. Of course, uh, he joined me on Bet earlier this week to give us a sneak peek in the XFL and Stormy bringing it home. David Newton talking about what's going on with the Panthers and a look ahead to the NFL draft. Jamison Hinsley, an update in regard to what's going on with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Fat Jack, professional handicapper, fatjacksports.com, talking all things Final Four, along with Seth Greenberg, Buster Olney, Gave you some Dodgers futures to talk about. We've covered all our bases, no pun intended. I want to thank Tyler and Brian for producing the show as well. I'm Anita Marks, your host. Again, this has been Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.